I got a question for you, Wayne. All right. When I uh, say these names, I want you to you know, expound upon them a little bit, okay? Okay. So uh, I'm going to give you these names, and the names are just last names of these individuals. Okay. Wilson, Graves, Doty, and more. Oh, wow. You know, that, that, that's a good one. So Wilson, uh, Jeannie Wilson, uh, great musician. Uh, Doty, uh, Elwood Doty. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Wilson, Doty, Graves. Graves. Uh, br- Brother Leroy Graves. And more is my dad, Charlie. And those gentlemen uh, made up uh, what I think was a was a was a damn good gospel group called the Golden Tones. Yes, sir. And um, they performed, um, you know, sang at the church. Primarily, they they were a group at the church that was formed uh, out of a a general interest in uh, gospel music among those brethren. And later on, they added, "Here's a name for you." Back at you. Buckner. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Cecil Buckner. They added brother Cecil Buckner. And then, you know, that was, that was the main core of the group. And then later on, uh, prior to me leaving uh, E-Town to go to the Air Force, uh, they added a young brother named Bob Collins. And Bob was a guitar player. He was a, he was a soldier stationed at Fort Knox, and he fell right in with the group. And, and the, the, the brethren we just talked about, they mentored Bob, took him under their wing, and, and you know Bob became an integral part of that group. But yes, the Golden Tones, uh, amazing group. They cut one album. Uh, I actually have a copy of that album in my collection. Uh, the uh, title of that album was I'm a Changed Man. It was a playoff of the old, um, I think the group was the, uh, they had an R&B song back in the 70s called uh, I'm a Changed Man. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the group right now. It escapes my memory. But it was, it was a, they, they did a gospel song off that song, and that was the title track on the album. They did Just a Closer Walk with Thee on that album, uh, a song called All I Need. I um, mean, some great tracks on that album. But, but yes, those gentlemen were awesome, and uh, the Golden Tones were a, a legendary group as far as E-Town goes and across Hardin County. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yep, that sure is. That's so like you know, we we didn't really mention them last week. You know, you talked about music and so on, and we're gonna kind of go into that topic a little bit tonight. But I think that it was a great mix that I thought about them when we um, when we concluded our last week's broadcast, and I thought about you know we should have mentioned the Golden Tones because they were an awesome group, and you know traditionally. Uh, gospel music in the church was, you know, just typical gospel music, but they brought in a bass, they brought in a guitar, you know, they brought in the organ. So it was, it was more contemporary. So it went along with, it kind of went along with the era that we were talking about contemporary. And so we'll, we'll kind of continue with that. So I wanted to, you know, kind of start with that tonight. And then, uh, you know, from there, we're just going to kind of move on. All right. Sounds good to me, man. Let's move. All right. Tonight, Across the Tracks, we are back. We're going to continue on. Yeah, episode six tonight. And uh, before we get into tonight's uh, subject, just want to say happy Black History Month. And, uh, you know, hope your week has gotten off to a good start, but it is Black History Month, so I want to throw that out. And uh, in line with the subject that we're, that we're talking about tonight, I uh, want to pay homage to um, one of the great uh, R&B artists uh, of our era, primarily the 80s and the 90s, passed away this week, and that was James Ingram. James Ingram. James Ingram, um, great R&B artist, came out of the Quincy Jones camp, similar to what Quincy did for uh, the brothers Johnson, Tevin Campbell. Uh, James Ingram came out of that Quincy Jones uh, camp and had some great hits back in the 80s and 90s, 100 Ways, I Don't Have the Heart, Baby Come to Me, a duet with Patty Austin. And the track that I really like, but you don't hear a lot about it, didn't get a lot of love, 
is a track he did with Michael McDonald. And that track called Yamo Be There, I think that yep. is a hell of a song, man. Yes, yes. And it it doesn't awesome get a, got, yeah, it doesn't get a lot of love when you talk about, you know, Jay Ingram's career. But that is a, a banging song, man. And I was listening to it today, listened to a couple of tracks uh, earlier this week when I found the news he passed. So just want to mention that, pay homage to him, which leads us into our subject for tonight. And I'll throw it back to you. All right. All right. Tonight, we're going to discuss... What's on your playlist? We're going to look at music of our youth. We're going to kind of talk about what music was when we uh, kind of grew up. Uh, how do we? How were we introduced to music? You know, what role did it play in our lives? And as we were young, as we grew up, we got into high school and so on. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And it's all going to come back to, uh, you know, come back to Elizabethtown or E-Town and uh, make it all kind of connect together. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, looking at your iPhone, what's on your playlist? Give me some example of what type of music that you listen to. Well, I'll I'll tell you right off the bat, I I don't keep music on my iPhone. I have a 160 gigabyte iPod. I'm old school, still have my iPod. I can't. So on that iPod, I've got about 25, 26,000 songs. And it spans anywhere from Al Green, Patsy Cline, uh, Steely Dan, uh, the Doobie Brothers, Anita. I mean, I span the gamut because music is just an integral part of my life. It has been uh, for as long as I can remember growing up in E-Town. So I'm riding around in the car and depending on what mood I'm in, I might, you know, and I have playlists breaking or broken down for all the different entities that I like to listen to. So I have a old school R&B playlist, which is a lot of the music we grew up on in the 70s and 80s. Right. Right. I've got a what I call just an R&B playlist, which covers more the new artists that are out now. Some of the neo soul artists, Anthony Hamilton, Jill Scott. um, Who else is in there? Janelle Monae, those type of folks. I have a classic rock playlist that has all my steely dan doobie brothers kansas stuff like that i've got a country playlist i've got a gospel playlist smooth jazz and then i have break playlists broken down by artists so if i want to listen to anita baker i listen to anita baker charlie wilson uh john legend whatever i break it down so my playlist spans the gamut and at any given time having 25 you know 26,000 songs on an ipod I can go for hours and hours and and not hear the same song, you know, over and over like you do on a lot of commercial radio. So you may wonder, you know, what what makes someone, you know, listen to that span of music? And for me, you know, growing up there in E-Town, uh, the, the thing which triggered that for me, you know, getting into different types of music was the fact that on my side of the tracks, we had uh, one station in town. That was the primary radio station growing up. That was W.I.E.L. Uh, <laughs> out on Litchfield Road, 1400 AM station. That's right. And W1400 AM. And W.I.E.L. played all kind of music. I mean, they, it was all kind of music. So you got a good variety. It was R&B. It was rock. It was country. It was all kind of stuff, you know, mixed into that format. And it piqued my interest to hear all that different type of music. And as I continued to grow up and when I was able to, you know, have money available to me, I would start buying records from songs that I heard on WIL. And so my music library started to grow uh, there in E-Town. And, you know, primarily, you know, we listen to R&B, but I liked a lot of other music and I wasn't ashamed of that, that, you know, I, I like you know, country and Western. I like, you know, classic rock or whatever. So as I continued to grow and get older and, and travel around, uh, the music just continued to grow. And it, it started from listening to WIL. Also, we listened to WLOU, which we talked about in one of the earlier podcasts. Right. You know, where you lived in E-Town determined how good a signal you could get from WLOU. Right. So, and, and they were primarily R&B station, 1350 AM again, in the West End of Louisville that everybody listened to. And so getting music from those two sources, uh, a primarily mixed bag format station, an R&B station, and the music that we would hear on Soul Train, you know, right. you know, also helped build uh, build my musical, um, you know, repertoire. Now, and, 
Now, did okay. you listen to did you listen to Quixie at all? Remember Quixie? I, I, I remember Quixie. I remember uh, uh, Mason Smoot. Was, was, <laughs> yeah, my brother Mason Smoot was a Quixie, and and Quixie started to come along. You know, after WIL, you know, sort of started to fade a little bit. Quixie was FM, and so the signal was a lot clearer. And so they started playing over more variety of music, but it was more on the pop side of the house, right. um, the pop and the rock side. And every now and then you, you'd hear an R&B song on there. But, yeah, I listened to Quixie. And occasionally, and you may remember this, depending on how good the weather was in E-Town, you could pick up a station out of Nashville uh, called Randy's Records. Came here Saturday mm-hmm. night. You could pick up this station out of Nashville. And, man, they were playing all kind of great music. So um, my, my my playlist, again, it's vast. It spans the gamut of, of you name it. Uh, I've probably got some of that on my playlist. And I think it, 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 it rounds me out. Uh, it doesn't necessarily box me in. Uh, and then, you know, as I started to listen to more different types of music, Started got started to get into DJing, and when you're a DJ, you know you people may want something that it may not be your style that you're accustomed to listening to, but people are paying you, and so your music library has to be vast. And so yes. once I started getting into DJing, my music library just it got more huge. So right now in my library, I've got probably got about thirty thousand plus songs of different genres, artists whatever. And, um, you know, even if I'm not DJing, I'll, I'll open up a playlist and just jam out and listen to whatever, and whether it's classic rock, you know, smooth jazz, whatever, because music is just, it's an integral part of my life. So, so that's, that's my story. So what's on your playlist? Yeah. My playlist. Well, first of all, most of my music, I got into music because I had no choice because, um, growing up every Saturday morning, we cleaned the house. And when we cleaned our house, my mom always had music going. Yep. She always listened to music and she would dance, you know, and she would try to get me to dance. And I could dance, but I mean, you, know, you don't dance with your mom. Right. <laughs> you know. So there was always music and um, there was no there was no way of avoiding it. So my playlist is pretty much the same as yours. It's it's fast. I've got uh, I've got my playlist divided into alternative music. I've got exercise music in there. I've got it divided into artists where I have, you know, like specific artists that I just want to listen to, like Chuck Brown and Earth, Wind and Fire, uh, Luther Vandross, uh, Michael Jackson. Prince, you know, those are just I want to do with those guys. Right. And, right. and also I have a classic. I've got one called Classic Rock and R&B, in which I've got two different, actually three different playlists. So I can list, listen to Classic Rock and then I can just listen to R&B. And then sometimes I went, oh, let's just throw a mixture in there. So we'll I'll put in the playlist where it's just going between either, okay. you know, so um, that way it's just. You know, I just whatever flows, flows. And I probably have about 20,000 songs. Uh, I've got a jazz playlist. Uh, Now, most of the jazz I listen to is contemporary jazz. Right, right. And uh, I mean, you know, traditional jazz back in the 40s and 50s is is great, but it's just not my cup of tea. So I break my uh, jazz into contemporary jazz. I've got a playlist that I call funky jazz. You know, that's and that's going to. You know, just get you going, you know, with Dave Cos and Huge Groove, uh, um, Waymond Tisdale, Richard Elliott, you know, Mindy A. Bear. That's what I call my funky jazz. Right. right. Um, I, I also have, like you, old school. You know, I've got an old school one, which, you know, you bring up the Temptations, you bring up, you know, Marvin Gaye and most of the Motown um, uh artists and then i've got one a playlist that i put together it's called blue-eyed soul yes yes and so uh i've got like player and ambrosia robert palmer um uh, holland oats uh, i've got boss skaggs uh, donald fagan dr john elton john you know eric clapton you know i just got want to just listen to some blue-eyed soul I throw that on and I go from there and I've always, I'm, I'm a big Steely Dan fan. So I have Steely Dan as a playlist, James Brown. 
and I think I've told you, maybe we were on a cruise, I told you about my playlist called Back to Back. Yes. And uh, it's really, I've got a hundred songs in there and it plays the original song and then it plays the sample of that song. Right, right. So, for example, it'll have uh, the Jackson 5's ABC followed by Naughty by Nature, OPP. Right, right. You know, and so it goes all the way through that. And I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to find things on that list. You know, here's one that I found the other day that I added to that list. And, you know, you've heard of Jaheem's I Ain't, I Ain't Leaving Without You. Right, right. Well, I was driving the other day and was listening to um, Sirius XM. And then across the radio came Fat Larry's band. Yes. yes. I went, dang, Jaheem stole that from Fat Larry's band because yeah. Fat Larry's band was back in the 90s, you know, right. and Jaheem was 2000. So right. that kind of gives you some idea right. from that back to back playlist right. that I have. Yeah. And uh, I've got a, I've got a go go. I'm big into go go. I love go go. Okay. You know, I, I love Chuck Brown. I love um, Jill, Jill, anything that has a go go beat to it. Jill Scott. Uh, Chuck Brown, uh, even even the rappers, um, Kid and Play. Yeah, you know, Rare Essence is the yeah, a, a little Essence. group that's uh, kind of following Chuck Brown's uh, yeah. Chuck Brown's uh, footsteps. Yeah. And then there's another one out there called Conqueror right now. Yeah. They're pretty funky. And so I'll, I've got a I've got that I've got a gospel uh, playlist in which. You know, contemporary gospel today. You know, Kirk Franklin. You know, I, um, just just go right through it. Uh, DeAndre Patterson. I can just pull up Fred Hammond. Um, there's the, I I tell you one gospel tune that I really love, uh-huh. and that's um, with Beyonce, and um, I can't think of the um, OJ singer. Um, yeah, Walter Williams. Uh, no, no, not Walter Williams. Um, oh, I got, I can't think of it right now. But uh, it's it's an awesome, awesome song. It's one of my favorites. Is it the one from uh, the Fighting Temptations? It's from the Fighting Temptations. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he still loves me. Is that still it? loves me? That's it. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, Beyonce. Which, it's Beyonce, Walter Williams, and Eddie Levert. They, Eddie they, Levert. That's yeah, it. They, yeah, they sing that song. Yeah, that that's a yeah. great song. That I is, love that song. Yeah, man. I love that song. Yeah. And so from there it goes, I've got a Latin, I've got a Latin um, playlist. I've got one that's called Line Dance, where, you know, you just do the line dancing things. I've got Summer Vibes and Smooth and Cool. So it's it's all over the place. Oh, um, yeah. I think the we're going to tie this back to, to school now. I don't know if you remember this, but there was an art teacher at T.K. Stone. His name was Mr. Spakeman. He's a huge guy. He's like he's a bodybuilder. And when we went to art class, it was out in the science building. He always let us listen to music. You know, during art class, he had a little transistor radio in there, and we listened to music. And so we would always hear, you know, from WIEL, we'd hear music. And it actually turned, turned us on or turned me on to some of the classic rock stuff that's out there, you know, um, from there, we went to high school and had another art class, Mrs. Laurel. I don't know if you remember Mrs. Laurel. I remember, or not. I remember Mrs. Laurel, yes. And I was in, I was a sophomore, I think we were sophomores, and I was in a class with David Knowles, a bunch of seniors, because they were just, yes, you know, right. taking a, oh, they, this is an art class, it's going to be easy, whatever. And it turned me on to Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith and, you know, all those guys like that, you know, some, some real classic rock. Um, who... The Guess Who, The Stones, you know, all that. I just love all that music. And it's weird moving to Indianapolis and um, finding out some of my friends that I've uh, I've developed here is that they go, man, you listen to everything. I go, well, yeah, why shouldn't I? And he goes, I never listen to anything but jazz. Let's go, well, you know, you're just limiting yourself. You know, there's a whole world of music out there. You know, so whether it's country, whether it's rock, whether it's R&B, uh, I even have, I even, I'm not going to throw out rap either. I have PG rap, 
I have gangster rap, you know, I have uh, the 90s rap, old school rap. I listen to all of that. So, I just, you know, we're pretty much alike in what we what we listen to. So that that's kind of my playlist. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we didn't dwell on it a lot. You you mentioned rap um, as far as as far as hip hop goes. Uh, I do have a hip hop playlist. It's it's a combination of I, I mix the playlist together. I have old school, new school hip hop on there. Right. And I keep a lot of the what you say. I have a lot of the PG hip hop on there. <laughs> yeah. Because I do get a lot of edited versions uh, from the record pool that I belong to. So I get a lot of the edited versions of the songs. And there are a lot of artists that I like that I, that I have on heavy rotation. I love Kend- Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, I, I like Cardi B. I, and I like Cardi B because Cardi B's real. What you see is what you get. Yeah. You know, there's no pretending with her. And I, so, so I like her style. But Kendrick Lamar, I, I love Kendrick Lamar. Uh, like J. Cole, uh, Chance the Rapper, Common. Talib Kweli, uh, and I think one of our favorite groups that we like, you've mentioned it before, I love A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, yeah, that's my boys right there. I, I could listen to Q-Tip and and those guys all day long. They, they just have a great catalog to, to listen to. So, so I, I do, again, our interests are pretty much the same uh, when we're, you know, comparing notes and whatnot. But, you know, to piggyback off of that, well, what are some of the memorable things you remember as a kid growing up in E-Town as far as music? And, and what were some of the, those events around music that you remember? Oh, um, wow. I, I tell you what, <laughs> my first memory is the first album that I bought. The very first album that I bought was Chicago. Their first album, you know, 25, 6 or 4. Yeah. You know, that was the very first album that I bought. And I can remember... Uh, they had a, a song on there called Color My World. Yes. And that Color My World was a song that we love to go to these, you know, we talked about going to parties, you know, basement parties and so on. And those, that was a song that I would always try to slow dance with somebody right. with. You right. know? <laughs> Color, My, Color My World was the jam. I'm like, I'm going to slow dance with somebody. But that was my my favorite song to slow dance with. And it always, for some reason, whenever I hear that, I can see the the face of the person that I first slow danced with off that record. I'm not going to mention any names, but the very first person I ever slow danced with off that record, I can see that that girl's wow. or that lady's face right now. Wow, wow. And it's kind of a special song, you know, yeah. it's, it's really yeah. unique. Yeah. It's a classic. It's a classic. And uh, I've done wedding receptions where I've played Color My World and the dance floor is packed because yeah. that song, it, it just the, the melody and the words of that song, it, it takes people back. And these aren't necessarily people our age coming out to dance. You have younger people coming on the dance floor to dance to that song. It's a it's a tremendously beautiful song. Right, right. How so, about you? What about, how about you? Me? So I I don't remember the first record I bought. Um, I had so many records, uh, but living in the bottom, I I was one of the guys who know people knew that I I had a lot of music, and um, you know they would come by occasionally. You know we we would listen to music in in my in my room there at the house, and um, I think for me probably something memorable that I remember around music was when I actually started. Uh, to be to be recognized as a pretty decent DJ around um, was, you know, going places, actually playing music for somebody, the music that I really loved and getting a chance to go play that for somebody and actually getting paid to do it. Uh, <laughs> that was like, wow, man, this is, this is pretty good. And and because I, I was just like I was into it. And so I'm going to I want to take you back a little bit. We were talking about W.I.L. and. I actually worked at WIL for a brief minute. I actually worked there for a little bit, and my tenure there didn't last long because of a disagreement we had with the program director. But uh, I did do a brief stint there. But I want to take you back a little bit. One of the things that that got me on the DJ track was, if you remember this, on Friday nights, WIL, Bruce Wiley would come <laughs> on and jam on Friday nights at yep. WIL. And, I knew where you're going with that. <laughs> and, and he went by the name of Damon Lamar. And right. uh, 
Bruce would play, man. He would, I mean, it was, there wasn't really a straight up R&B. Again, you couldn't get WLOU depending on where you were. So Bruce filled that void because he would come on Friday nights and spin the latest R&B tracks, man. And uh, it was like everybody listened to it. And he was a big celebrity at E-Town because, wow, man, he's working at WIL and he's spinning these records that we listen to. And for me, I'm like, man, this is the most glamorous job in the world. So that piqued my interest to do that. So the first dance I think I did was at the Wesley Hilltop house. And this was during the time that Earth, Wind & Fire, the Spirit album was out. Yep. And there were a lot of hot tracks off that album. And uh, I pretty much played Spirit pretty much all night, pretty much every track off that album. But there are a lot of other good songs out that night. But I borrowed my mom's stereo out of the house, did the party, because I didn't have turntables or anything, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and did the party at the hill. Yeah. And uh, that was like, wow. You know, I, I think I've arrived a little bit. And from there on, the it, it just took over, man. It just it just immersed me. And uh, I started, you know, buying turntables and getting mixers and hooked up with a couple other friends. And we started uh, making a little group and and traveling around doing parties all over E-Town, Radcliffe, Hodgenville. So that that's a music, a, a memorable music event for me that uh, that pretty much has stayed with me since now because I'm I'm still doing it. So, oh, you know, we were talking uh, when I came out to visit you guys in October last year. We were talking about a place that we both kind of had a connection with, and that was that you went to Richmond, Kentucky. Yes, and uh, did a did a set at a a little club called the magic moment the magic moment yes. now at eastern at eastern kentucky that's where uh lynn and i attended school and the fraternities and sororities we would always go down to the magic moment and we would have parties there we'd have dances there and you know we'd charge a dollar to get in there and the magic moment wasn't that big no, <laughs> but uh, you know we would tell people, we'd tell the the sorority sisters that don't do your hair; it's gonna fall down anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it was gonna be so hot and sweaty in there. So yeah. l- let's let's talk a little. Tell me a little your your connection with the magic moment. Well, the magic moment. Uh, we, we had a friend, childhood friend, and he had some relatives that that lived up in Winchester, and so uh, we were asked to do a party for her. And it was hosted at the magic moment. And so we we grab our gear and, and ride up there and, and set up for the party and everything. And everything's going good till I guess it was about maybe a couple hours into the gig and a fight breaks out. <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, somebody says, they got a gun. <laughs> no, So like you say, the place is not that big. So we're trying to get equipment tore down and get out of there because we don't know what the heck's going to happen. And so ever since that, you know, we we never went back to the magic moment <laughs> to do anything. But that that was our first and last time uh, in a place like that. Uh, again, small venue, a well-known spot uh, in Richmond. Uh, but that was my, uh, you know fun experience at the magic moment introduction to introduction yes yeah <laughs> i, I want to throw out a few places and tell me if these places register with you and these are some of the places that 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 i spun around e-town Hardin county and see if they jog your memory the old tahoe club at fort knox yes yeah we, yeah. we did a few gigs at the tahoe club at fort knox uh, we also spun over at the um, – it was a place in Ratcliffe there on the main drive coming in Ratcliffe, and there was a um, – I don't know if it was a, a church or whatever, but we, we did a gig there. I can't remember the name of the place. It was a well-known spot in Ratcliffe, and we had did a party there for – it was a birthday party for one of the, the young people at the church. Uh, their parents hired us to do a party there. I can't remember the name of the place, but – that that's probably a bad example. The old Bond Washington High School. Yeah. The building there, we 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 jammed in there a few times. The country club. Oh there, yeah. Yeah. We oh, did quite please. a few gigs at the country club. Uh ECC, E Town <laughs> Community College at the student union. I don't know how many dances we did out of ECC, and they were always packed. The hilltop, of course. 
we jammed over at the uh, the Legion Hall in Hodgenville several times. Um, went down to Greene County and did a gig a few times. Right, yeah. I mean, we used to, go, uh, we used to run up and down 65 and go to Hart yeah, County, Horse yeah, Cave, yeah, Mumfordsville. Mumfordsville. Did yeah. a, did a few gigs down at the, uh, the 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 Legion Hall down at 62 there, the American Legion Hall down 62. Uh, did a few gigs there, and so um, you know it it just took over me, man, because I'm like, this has to be the greatest job in the world. And I wasn't <laughs> yeah. doing it on radio, although later down the line, I did end up working at a couple of uh, college stations uh, when, when I was in. I actually tried to get into radio broadcasting when I went into the Air Force to work for AFRTS, uh, but uh, that never happened. Uh, my scores weren't good enough, and they wouldn't give me a waiver to get into the career field. So I ended up, you know, DJing all through my Air Force career. I uh, played at the NCO clubs, whatever base I was on, and, uh, you know, carrying crates of records around and whatnot. And now I just have to show up with a laptop and a controller. <laughs> and, and a controller, yeah. Speakers, because all the music's on, on a hard drive and it's a lot easier. So, so I think, you know, we're in the same ballpark when it, when it comes to, you know, some of the things that, that you know, from a musical standpoint that impressed us. But now I want to throw a grenade at you, and I want you to just elaborate. And, and this is, you know, we're we're gonna gonna talk about this, and we may have to continue this in another show. But what is your favorite music music area era, and why? Oh wow, that's that's easy. <laughs> um, the the my most the favorite era is our music from the 1970s. It doesn't matter. Where or what? All 1970s music is the best as far as I'm concerned. And there's a few reasons why. Number one, it wasn't digital. If you went to see a band, you heard what they sang, and it sounded like the record. Every note, every tune, every beat, 1970s was the best music to me of all time, whether it was classic rock, R&B, country, country pop, pop. It was all great music. A couple things that I like about the 70s. Number one, they always had a horn section. Horns were big. And number two, they were very good at portraying a song that it made you think, you know, there was no tell me what you want. It would leave your mind with what you thought, give you thought it made you think about it. They just didn't come out and say, I want to do this to you, boy, or do this to your girl. You know, they would, because, you know, censorship was a little bit there. They wouldn't play so many things on, on radio like they do now where you can hear everything, any word, that's in the vocabulary, whether it's English, British, whether it's Japanese, it doesn't matter. They can say anything these days. But back then in the 70s, they used their imagination. Another thing is that for me, myself, um, you had to have a horn section. There always had to be a nice guitar riff. I don't know why I love guitars. I never played the guitar, but they they had to have a guitar riff. That's why I was kind of attracted to uh, Led Zeppelin and The Who, uh, Aerosmith. You know, uh, I I love that that type of music simply because it had a guitar riff as part of it. But the '70s was was my favorite music, and there's also one other thing that goes along with that is that. Society was changing. And so the music of the 60s, you know, if you think about the Temptations and so on, you know, they sang love songs and, you know, and so on. The 70s, we're talking about the anti-war movement. Uh, the, the music became more political. You know, Marvin Gaye, when he came out with the What's, uh, What's Going On album, it talked about, you know, the war. It talked about pollution, things that are viable today. You know, it talked about what we're doing to the earth, you know, and so on. And so it became more political. So it was a lot of those things that were going on that were um, involved in our lives 
that that made a difference to me. So the seventies was my my favorite music, and it's my music to today. I listen to anything seventies. I don't care what it is. It's the best. Wow. How about how about you? I, I am I'm with you on the seventies because we're we're both children of the seventies, and and I agree with you. I, I like the seventies, and again, I'm old school at heart. I like the seventies primarily because the sound was unique, and you had some of the best. Uh, songwriters, I think, um, of that era, producing, writing music at that time. Holland Dozier Holland, um, uh, my man out of Philadelphia, Kenny Gamble, Leon Huff. You had the folks at Stax who were writing great songs. Uh, David Porter, Isaac Hayes. I mean, you had uh, the Chicago sound. You had the stylistics. You had all these groups, and they were all unique because they all had different production teams and different songwriters. You can't tell me that when you listen, you know an Al Green song when you hear an Al Green song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know a, uh, a Billy Paul song when you hear Billy Paul. You know when you hear Stylistics. You know, you mentioned The Temptations. Motown has a unique sound to it. And so I agree with you on the 70s. As a DJ, having them, you know, listen to so many different types of music, I actually... I, I like the 80s, too. <laughs> and there was a lot of great music in the 80s that to this day, I I just I love it. And the reason why I love the 80s and I think the 80s gets a nod here along with the 70s is that you had a lot of infusion of European groups coming right. to the mainstream. Yep. You and I were offline talking about one of these groups that to me was influential in in hip hop and that's Kraftwerk. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of hip hop artists have sampled Kraftwerk and um you know they they were electronic they were doing the electronic thing Africa Bombada sampled some some of Kraftwerk uh several other artists have have sampled that Kraftwerk sound but you had groups like ABC Duran Duran um I mean I could go on and on but the 80s to me is right up there with the 70s and the amount of good music, whether it was R&B, pop, classic rock, the hair bands of the 80s. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah. wow, some of those groups are like, I mean, the Scorpions, man, you're talking about a guitar riff? The Scorpions, some of their songs, man, those guitar riffs are amazing. And so I, I, I give a nod to the 80s. And for me, 70s, 80s, early 90s. And toward the as the 90s wore on, uh, I think the music changed. And um, I, I, that's where I sort of draw the line. I, I, again, I listen to a lot of the newer stuff just because I got to be aware of it if I'm going to do a party for somebody or a wedding. Right. But in, in the car when I'm driving around, it's just me. I'm listening to stuff from the 70s, 80s, early 90s. So right, right. Uh, the, those uh, that that's where I give my props to. Right. A lot of, you know, to me, a lot of music today it sounds generic. You know, they don't really they don't really sing. They talk and they have a beat. You know, I, I'm gonna say this is for for hip hop today. They they it, to me it's a talk. Anybody to me can be a hip hop artist. All they have to do is have the sample and then just kind of talk their way through it. And as long as your talking has a a rhythm to it, you're fine. You know, I like to hear harmonies. You know, I like to hear, you know, what do you put in the background that makes it unique? You know, um, but uh, the 80s, I, I will I will give the 80s a little bit of a nod here, you know, because we're thinking about a transition from disco. Yes. To where what's in between there, you know, so the 80s was they were trying to figure out. What what do we do now? Because disco is fading. Right, disco right. is fading. So there was this time period in which there was no true identity like it was in the in the 70s. And so the 90s, to me, you know, I, I think of the, the new Jack Swing guys. Yes, yes. You know, to me, that that was the early 90s and so on. You know, with Bell Biv DeVoe, the new edition. You know, uh, that new Jack Swing thing, it was it was kind of tight and still I still like it today. Oh, absolutely. You know, but it's 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 unique in the fact that it's just 
not 80s, not 70s. It's like a tweener. It's it's one of those things that make you dance, and I love dancing. Yeah, yeah. And you, then and it, it's it's just got a it's a beat that's quick enough that it's unique in the way it's 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 made. It's created. Yeah, yeah I, I I was overseas, and this was this was the mid maybe toward the probably toward the mid 80s. Uh, I was overseas and living in Japan, and and that's when New Jack Swing, you know, started coming to the forefront, and it was listening to a lot of Guy. Yeah, Guy was hot then, and um, you know, Teddy Riley. Not only did he produce the group, he was in the group. In the group, right, right. Yeah. So, so he was the father of New Jack Swing. So that that sound started to come in. But I, if I if I could segue back to disco, if you think about disco. Um, you know, disco to me was a great era. But the thing that I think is overlooked in disco, when you think of disco, the majority of disco songs that were classified as disco, they were R&B. R&B songs, right. They were Cool yeah. in the Gang, Slave, Lakeside. A lot of these songs, they were R&B songs. And so a lot of producers were taking those songs. You know, you, you probably have a lot of these. If you still have your record collection, the club mixes were coming out. The extended versions of all these songs were right. coming out, you know, but a lot of those disco songs, they were R&B, chic, uh, all that stuff was a lot of R&B. So I thought the disco era was great. Uh, you, you and I both came came of age in the what I consider the golden age of hip hop. And, you know, when hip hop was starting, 79, uh, 78, a lot of great hip hop, man, that uh, I still listen to today. Curtis Blow, Biz Marquis, uh, the Fat Boys, um, you know, Roxanne, Roxanne, who run DMC, um, you know, all those guys, uh, LL Cool J, early LL Cool J. Um, you know, that was to me was the golden age of hip hop. And then you say hip hop now, uh, I, I again, I have a lot of this stuff because, you know, you never know when you might need it if somebody wants it. But it, it's not on my heavy rotation list because a lot of the stuff I just I just can't listen to. Yeah. And, yeah. And it you know, we we got to get away from this, you know, the the songs that disparage our women and, and take down us as a people. Uh, we seem to be the only ethnic group that wants to disparage one another in our music. And right. I, I have a tough time with that. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I listen to the, the classic hip hop. Sirius XM has a pretty good channel for classic hip hop. I think it's Rock the Bells Radio. Uh, yeah, LA Cool J. Yeah. And sometimes I'll tune into that just to, you know, like, hey, I'd like to listen to some of that stuff. But, um, you know, it's it's everybody's got their era. Well, we don't know what this era is going to be. Are people going to be listening to Cardi B and uh, ASAP Ferg and a lot of these guys that they're listening to 20 years from now, like we're talking about when you can go to a place right now and put on something from the 70s and 80s and that dance floor is packed, even the early 90s. That tells you something about the quality of music that was produced during those eras. Right. Right. You know, I, you know, talking about. The East Coast, you know, type uh, rap. You know, I don't, those guys, I don't consider that hip hop to me. I just call it old school rap. That's just my my yeah. thoughts on that. Uh, you know, with those guys, Biz Marquee and LL Cool J and Kumo D and, yeah. you know, all those guys. I call it old school rap. Right. But if, if you, and, if you but, think about it, if you think about it, when we, when we were growing up, that's pretty much where hip hop was. It was on right. the East Coast. There wasn't no right. South. There wasn't no West Coast. Right. It was all coming out of out of New York on the East Coast. So. Right. And, and then then we got to this, you know, East Coast West Coast rivalry, you know, and you know, then it got into gangster rap, which I listened to. You know, I you know I don't support you know them demeaning women or demeaning other uh, uh, groups, demeaning our own culture and so on. I don't do that. But to me, most music has to have a beat. The beat is the most important thing. If it, I can pat my foot to it and I can get out there and dance and I can bob my head up and down, that's good enough for me. Okay. You know, that's good enough for me. I, I, if I can jam to it, it's cool. And so that's kind of why I kind of like the idea of the West Coast music because it changed, yeah. you know, when um, the people on the East Coast were sampling a lot 
and then they were using older music and basically coming off of that. And then when NWA came out, and of course, you know, the big controversy about NWA, you know, talking about F the police and all that, you know, I, I understand that, but they're using their First Amendment right. But then when that group broke up and then Dr. Dre came out and started doing his own thing, and then the music completely switched, you know, that West Coast, you know, he actually began a new era of music yeah. because they weren't using other people's music to sample off of. He was creating his own and 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 jamming off of it. And I, I'll say I like the Chronic album. Oh, yeah. The it's, Chronic yeah. album was yeah. unique. Right. Yeah, it yeah. was unique because he didn't sample anything. He created his own. It was all electronic. He created his own beats. It was unique in the fact that they jammed off that album. Oh, yeah. yeah. He Dr. jammed off that album. Yeah, Dr. Dre has made some of the most memorable beats for a lot of the songs, like you say. That you, 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 you know a Dr. Dre song when you hear it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, got that, it's got that beat that's infectious. And like you say, it, you might not want to get up and dance to it, but you're sitting in here at your table or whatever, and you're patting your foot and you're nodding. Well, one of the, and, and I want to segue to something else here. We're getting close to the top of the hour, but one of the most, uh, I think one of the, the, the one of the best Dr. Dre songs of mine, one of my favorite Dr. Dre songs is Keep Their Heads Ringing. <laughs> yep. I love that song, you know, <laughs> and, and and I'll play it, you know, when I'm by myself because the, the language is a bit questionable or not. Sure. But, the, but that song, man, the beats in that song, I love that track. And uh, that one and then the, the tracks he laid down for 50 Cent in the club, man, that that's. Yes. That just set it off, man. So, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, everybody's got their, their thing, man. And, and music is going to be here from (laughs) until we're long gone. And people may be talking about, you know, they, somebody else may have a podcast one day talking about, you know, what, what was memorable for them and what was their greatest era, whatnot. But we're, we're, we're getting up to the top of the hour. And when, again, this is a discussion we may have to have a part two of on another era. Yeah, we can continue. We can but continue. Be, but, be, know, yeah. but before we wrap up tonight, getting to the top of the hour, tell me if you were on a desert island and somebody said the only thing you can have are these five records, what would those five records be? Hmm. <laughs> Probably... Most of them would be um, albums or records that had the greatest hits. Okay. Okay. Yep. yep so I-, I would have the greatest hits of Steely Dan, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Chicago, Prince, Led Zeppelin. Wow. And I'm going to throw in another one. Carol King. Wow. That's deep, man. Yeah. Deep. (laughs) Those would be my albums. I threw in the sixth one. Carol King, that tapestry album, that's probably one of the greatest female albums ever. Tapestry. Yeah. Tapestry is a classic. Yeah. Is a classic. So. I'm sure you're going to throw it back over the fence to me. Oh, absolutely, man. What, what, you're on that album, on that island. Uh, you well, don't have you don't have that volleyball to keep you <laughs> to keep you company. But somehow, out of the middle of the sky, fell a turntable <laughs> and a whole bunch of albums. In order to survive, you had to choose five. What those? What five albums? Wow. Records would you choose? I, I like your greatest hits approach because that that gets you a wide variety of everything. But I think one of the albums that I would pick would be Earth, Wind, and Fire's Gratitude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that is one of the, the greatest albums of all time. It's live. And, uh, I mean, every song on there is awesome. The version of Reasons. Reasons. And um, Reasons and Devotion. Those are probably... I have those in heavy rotation on my iPod, you know, because of, I mean, that album is amazing. And the horn section on that, uh, the, the horn section, the Phoenix horns uh, that support Earth, Wind & Fire are just off the chain, man. That's so the way of Earth, the world. 
Earth, wind, and fire gratitude. That's one. Another one I would take because of his historical significance would be James Brown live at the Apollo. Yeah. Uh, that would be another one I would take. Uh, I would also pick something from the Doobie Brothers, probably mm-hmm. their greatest hits. Uh, Doobie Brothers' greatest hits. I would pick something by Michael Jackson, and it's a toss-up about Michael Jackson. I think I would take Off the Wall. And uh, to me, that album, I think it's Michael's best album. Yeah. Uh, that album, that no, nothing can touch Off the Wall. So that's three. Uh, two more to go. I would also take... Uh, something by Prince. Mm-hmm. And the, the question of what that would be, probably Dirty Mind. I think I would take Dirty Mind. Uh, that that was a, a great album. It would be a toss up between that one or probably um, maybe Purple Rain. So well, a toss mm-hmm. up of those two. And the last one I would take would probably be, and you mentioned it or one of your favorite groups, I would take Chicago's Greatest Hits. Mm-hmm. I yep. take Chicago's greatest hits, and I have a Chicago playlist, man. And I Chicago is they are dynamite, man. Uh, the if you ask anybody, I think every high school band in America played twenty five six six or four. <laughs> I mean that 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 just that that track, man. Just the do 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 do. I mean, you hear that and you're like, man, here it comes. So when I listen to my Chicago list in the car, that song comes on. I turn the volume sky high, man, because I love that song. So yeah. that that's what I would take. You know, I'm, there's so many great albums out there, but um, I'm sure I could pick five more. But though, those are the ones I would probably like. Yeah, give, give me these. You know, there's give, there's there's so many others that you know. Uh, you know, here let's let's think about this before we we kind of wrap things up. Um, let's, let's have this segue into who are some of the artists that had a profound effect on the world? Oh, wow. On the world. On the world. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, I I think, you know, one of the, one, one of the individuals you have to mention, of course, you, 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 you alluded to it earlier. I think Marvin Gaye is is on that list. I think what's going on is one of the most uh, it, it is a classic hands down. When people say today, you know, that album's a classic. It's got to be a classic for a reason. And the what's going on album is a classic because there are three songs on that album that speak to the condition of our world right now. Absolutely. You, you alluded to it earlier. You know, we're polluting the oceans. We got police brutality still going on. We got folks, you know, we're killing each other in our own communities. And he talked about, you know, the pain that people, you know, living in poverty, the pain they're dealing with. Why we're spending, you know, millions of dollars to to do moonshots to the, you know, to the to space when you've got people starving down here uh, on, on the earth, you know. So I think Marvin Gaye is on that list because he spoke to the condition of mankind. Mm-hmm. So yes, I th- I think he's on that list. Bob Dylan is on that list. Um, you know, and you may think that's weird, but Bob Dylan was a storyteller and he right. too, you know, he was a storyteller and, and spoke to, you know, a lot of the condition of mankind as well. Um, I think uh, Prince is on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of Prince's album, the messages in those songs, Sign of the Times, hands down, one of the greatest right. songs of all time. It's You can't touch it. Uh, I think Public Enemy is somewhere on that list uh, with, with the messages they think. They, they were a different type of hip hop group, and they spoke to what was going on with black people in America, the conditions black people were dealing with. And they came at you with this militant type attitude and it was in your face. And I was listening today. I was listening to Fight the Power and Can't Trust It. And when you listen to the lyrics of both those songs, it's like, wow, man, at that time, you know, people were scared of Public Enemy. They they didn't know what to think of Public Enemy. So, well, you know, some of that was the fact that they were doing something that no one had done before and that was challenging authority. Right. It's right. it's sort of it's sort of like, you know, going back to the sixties with the Black Panthers out in 
Los Angeles or in California or Oakland, actually. It was a fact that, you know, today everybody says, you can't take away my guns. Don't take away my gun. Don't take my gun. Well, the Black Panthers, they said, we got the Second Amendment rights. You know, we're going to if you shoot at us, we're going to shoot back. And then suddenly. The governor of California, he writes a bill to take away the Black Panthers guns. Now, it's amazing that that happens, you know, so when a public enemy and, you know, their symbol had somebody in the crosshairs like it was a scope. Right. (laughs) So when they came out with that, this hard music, you know, talking about reality in that way, you know, certain part of society didn't didn't like it, you know, because we can't have, you know, these people talking militant about the majority you know what i mean right so they they uh you know upset some folks but you know they wouldn't be upset if things were you know a little bit different in society right 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 so what 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 do you think what are some of the artists you think have changed oh i tell you i number one person that i think changed changed the world was little richard wow (laughs) little richard because, you know, prior to Little Richard, it was, you know, 1940s, bebop and so on. And Little Richard came out. He looked different. He didn't really play the piano. The, the piano to Little Richard was a percussion instrument because he beat the hell out of the keys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He, yeah. he beat the keys. You know, he would stand on it. He would jump. He would jump up on it, you know, and he had a signature uh, scream or sound that people follow. The Beatles took Little Richard's music and literally sold it, sold that to the world. Signature, you know, when they wrote uh, "He Loves Me" and they go, "Woo!" They stole yeah. that from Little Richard. Yeah, you know, so yeah. he was a he was a major influence on the world. Of course, you're gonna put Elvis down because Elvis took black music and uh, gave it to white audiences. You know, he's the king of rock and roll, but really he's not. To me, Little Richard was the king of rock and roll because he changed the world. Yeah. Okay. I put James Brown on there because of his influence. Here's one that I know that I think changed the genre. Parliament. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Parliament. And P-Funk. Yes. Oh, man. Let me tell you, it the the beat went from, you know, R&B, it went from Motown, to now we're talking about a beat that is unique. Okay, so Parliament, I put them down. I mentioned Led Zeppelin earlier. You mentioned Chicago. Absolutely, they're one of those. And one other uh, 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 group that I wanted to mention that had a major influence, and that was Fleetwood Mac. I like Fleetwood Mac because of, once again, the type of music that they played yeah. and the the content of what they played and so on. One guy that I also want to mention, and that is Tupac, Tupac Shakur. Yeah, yeah. That, if, if that man would have survived his own ego, his music... His lyrics, he's like Bob Dylan, except he's the rap version of Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. You know, his music is right on time for consciousness of America today. You know, uh, he is right for the time. His music has great thought and depth about what was going on in his community and what was going on in society. And it's just a shame that his his ideas and his ego got to a point where he got caught up into something that he ended up losing his life. And it's too bad that that happened to me, but his lyrics are up there with Bob Dylan's and James Taylor's and Joan Baez. And you, we can go on and on and on uh, and so on. So the music of our era is the music of everybody's era because I think everybody still listens to it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, the the music of our youth is the music of other people's youth. <laughs> right. <laughs> as old as, as old as we get. Right, right. Know, 
And right. our kids, our kids listen to what we listen to because they had no choice if they're sitting in the back of the car and right. we're driving, you know, 12 hours, they're going to listen to what we listen to right. today. Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah. Even today, I'll, I'll get in the car with my daughter and, and, and she's got on stuff from the 70s and 80s. I'm like, what do you know about that? She's like, well, you listen to this all the time, you know, <laughs> but, but, but I'm like, you know what? I, Hey, you're, 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 you're expanding your horizons. Right. And, uh, and she listens, she's like me. She listens to a variety of music and, um, you know, some stuff I, I, I don't necessarily agree with, but it's a wide variety. And, uh, it, 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 it me, to me, it's like, Hey, there's more out there than just, you know, what people think you should listen to, sure. uh, you know, keep an open mind and, uh, and, and experience it all. Yeah. All right. That sounds great, man. We, this was a good, good conversation. Tonight. It was, man. Like I say, we, we, we could probably go on for another two or three hours. But, yeah. You know, we should but, we could uh, create our own podcast on, we, we, on we music. That, that's something we ought to think about, uh, you know, talking about music and, and maybe bring some other folks into the conversation and, you know, get their opinions on it. Absolutely. And to see what they think, but uh, yeah, absolutely. This this was a great great episode tonight, and uh, I am glad to be a part of it. Absolutely, yep, me too. Well, well, I think we should just kind of wind that down. I can hear that train coming down the tracks there. So ain't it coming? There, we're we're going to move on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're we're going to move on. This is this isn't Folsom. This <laughs> we're is not, not in prison. prison. That's right. And then we're going to keep moving and hopefully uh, people that are listening to our podcast, if you have any ideas, uh, if there's any topics that you like to uh, us to discuss or go over or something that we've forgotten uh, to mention, please bring it up to us. You can check us out on our Facebook page. You can send a message uh, or whatever, and then we'll be glad to do that because we're really having a lot of fun with this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Across the tracks. Across the tracks. We're going to wind this down, baby. Let's, let's uh, think about next week's podcast where we got some more interesting stuff going on. Absolutely. See you then. All right. We'll see you.